0: Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg. Joined a few days before the French Open starts and the day of the draw, actually. We're not going to talk about the draw. We're going to talk about the story that has become the big pre French Open story, all sorts of media covering it, including. ncr's spain and sub-saharan africa correspondent tamana Kariol, who wrote two pieces about this today for the guardian about naomi osaka who uh, put on twitter and other social media yesterday a statement saying that she is not going to do any press during roland garros i guess i should I'll just, Tumana, i guess i'll just read the statement to start i guess everyone's probably seen it but let's just use that as a sort of source yeah. text off the bat i will We'll line it up, and then we'll get to pleasantries with you. Um, she says, hey, every, this is written in the Notes app. Very de rigueur for, for uh, statements online." Uh, hey, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. I'm writing this to say I'm not going to do any press during Roland Garros. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. We're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring doubt into our minds, and I'm just not going to suggest, subject myself to people that doubt me. I've watched many clips of athletes breaking down after a loss in the press room, and I know you have as well. I believe that that whole situation is kicking a person while they're down, and I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Me not doing press is nothing personal to the tournament, and a couple journalists have interviewed me since I was young, so I have a friendly relationship with most of them. However, if the organizations think that they can just keep saying, do press or you're going to be fined, and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centerpiece of their cooperation, then I just gotta laugh. Anyways, I hope that the considerable amount I get fined for this will go towards a mental health charity. XOXO, peace sign, heart emoji, Naomi. Okay, so this, there's a lot of different ways to go at this, but what was your first reaction, I guess, when you saw this come over the over the web yesterday?
1: Um, I mean, my first reaction was confusion, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was obviously just surprising and out of left field and... For, for, for numerous reasons, like, I guess the first would be in her statement, and I'm sure we'll get onto this, that she specifically, you know, her comments were more about, it wasn't about kind of the eccentric comments that we sometimes see and pre- players, you know, questions players field in press conferences or things like that. It was specifically about, you know, matches and, and how she feels people put doubt in her mind. And the obvious thing is that she's the player with the least amount of doubt surrounding her recently given that she's won the last two slams this whole year has been about how she's risen you know she's become she's she's kind of exploded and become an an even kind of bigger player and i don't and and, yeah and and, yeah i think that's a really interesting
0: way to start because i think that is sort of the crux of this and we talk so much about naomi osaka being like the symbol and all of her you know activism her you know racial identity and what she stands for, for different ethnic groups and, and that sort of symbolic power and speaking out for on different topics that she's, you know, brought to the forefront, and, you know, the masks, the U.S. it's open and everything. But the sort of crux of this complaint is very much results oriented. It's really, it's really talking about the tennis side of the equations and having to come talk about a loss after a loss. That is what she finds so um, galling. So it's nothing to do with any of the sort of more social, type stuff that we that we sort of associate her being more uniquely um, visible with but i do yeah. think that it's yeah i gotta say my first thought when i read this was wow she must be really low on confidence going to the french open because yeah she uh, she's thinking about envisioning what the loss is going to be like there or like bracing herself for a loss rather than you know, going out and winning a, a third Grand Slam in a row, which is totally rational, probably. Uh, you know, because she has not played well on clay, but she, like you said, she's won the last two Grand Slams. She had a twenty-something match win streak that went into Miami this year, and so yeah, so it just it just seems like it's it's coming from a place of, for me, that's that was my first take on it was just this is her not really feeling up to these these things that um, are part of are happen have, have been part of the job. And I, so that's, that's my sort of, that's my sort of thought. And I was thinking, wow, like if I'm an opponent of Naomi's, like in the first round, I would sort of read this as like, she's not, you know, feeling a hundred percent, like she's feeling vulnerable to this and yeah. take that as a, yeah. as a sort of sign, it feels like, you know, blood in the water
1: almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that though, I mean, there would be reasons for that given, you know, her recent results on. On, on clay since she shifted to clay but the, the interesting thing as well like about if, if we're talking about how things are she, she obviously lost in in the second round of Madrid and, and in, in Madrid after that she said you know she wasn't feeling so bad because she felt like she had a lot to improve I remember she was saying you know normally she might feel worse but things were positive and and, and after Rome she, you know she lost in the first round and I, I don't think she actually even had a press conference. No. She thought the irony here, yeah? you know, no one requested her, so she went away, and I, I assume no one had requested her, so she didn't have one. <laughs> so, so, so it's funny that the very next tournament <laughs> that the issue is is with <laughs> having press conference after a loss. But
0: maybe she, maybe yeah. she just, re, maybe she just really enjoyed that experience of not being requested after she lost uh, in Rome to Jesse Pagula and and was yeah. like, I got to do this more often. Um, maybe that's honestly, maybe that's what did it. I mean. I don't know exactly what time of day that match was happening. I don't remember. I don't know if it was like a bad time for Japanese media or what. If there was Japanese only media, I kinda don't think there was. Sure. But yeah, it's uh it's just it's all interesting and it there's lots of different things to go into it, but like I'm a, I'll take it on two different sides. Like there's the actual logistical, practical thing of what it means for her not to do press. After her matches, and then also the statement. I think those were separate things. So let's go, I'm mean, gonna get to the first part first, like the actual effect of Naomi Osaka not coming to the press room. I, I just did a BBC hit about this. We can get to this also, like how, why this became such a big story, but, um, cause it really has. And they were like, wow, this will make your job, you know, much tougher that, you know, that Naomi's not coming to the press room, or, you know, this makes your job harder. And I was like, honestly, like, not really, like we can work around, you know, not having quotes to, to get from a certain player in a story, you know, like there are certain times when like, because of deadline, you have to file before someone comes into press, like we're, you know, we're capable of doing that. It'll be a less complete, you know, less maybe illuminating version of the story. That's another thing Like Naomi sort of choosing to not give her side of any match that she partakes in, you know, in a press conference setting. If there's something that she wants to, she's passing up the opportunity to sort of control the narrative a bit on her, on her tournament. Um, which is an interesting uh, choice that way. Yeah, but that part, I don't think it's that big a deal. And, like, honestly, there have been several occasions when top players have bailed on press after losses that we can remember. I mean, most recently, Novak Djokovic uh, did not come to press after getting defaulted from the U.S. Open. Uh, He just got in a car and went left and did not do any comments. Although, again, that sort of big flashpoint moment, that was like, who cared? Because it was such a big story. Like, what would he have even said? you know, like in that moment yeah. that that would have really changed yeah. uh, matters. And I, then there have been times was, when, go ahead. I was going
1: to say, and, and I think we're both kind of generally in agreement that like, if a player doesn't want to do press, then okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you may, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I, said, that, I, that said that, of... I said
0: this on Twitter. I think I then deleted it because people were picking it in bad faith, but like there was a stretch there with Venus Williams, who is somebody who has skipped press before and uh, taken the fine for it. Uh, where Venus was coming to press, you know, circa 2017, 2018, 2019 probably, and uh, or maybe just 2017, 2018, and, like, aggressively trying to not be illuminating, trying to give the worst <laughs> answer she possibly could, and just kind of wasting everyone's time, including her own. And though that's, you know, that was her choice, but I was thinking during it, like, why... why I mean, I guess if you don't want to pay the money, that's, that's your choice, but, like, why are you putting anyone through this if you don't want to do it like there's a there's a sort of set penalty for opting out of this part of your job obligation and it's in the it's in the rules and and naomi's saying i will i will take that i think that's just going to send the tennis tours and the french fft and the grand slam board i know we're all like convening about this like it's gonna the way that she did it so with so much premeditation is different than a situation where you know where like serena um (laughs) actually lost to osaka in the first round of Miami in 2018, and then got in her car, prayed <laughs> well, right from the court to her car and drove away home to Palm Beach Gardens. So, um, yeah. So, and th- again, those moments when they happen, like they're sort of they tell their own story. It's just this like choice for yeah. her to opt out of the system before that. Again, my first read on it is just purely like she's not feeling it going to this French Open. She is not feeling up to it because the other thing and. and I don't know. Do you have anything you want to say before I pivot on what I just said?
1: No, you you go on.
0: Because the other thing that I think needs to be mentioned here is that Naomi Osaka has had some of the best, and I would say easiest time in press of anybody, I think, in terms of like, this is, I think it's like super, super important to understanding, I think, the people within the business, they're surprised at this and being taken aback by this, I think, because, you know, we... As a sort of, I mean, NCR sort of core people, you know, you, me, Courtney Ream uh, have been doing Naomi's press pretty intently for for her whole career, and I'm, I really do think that we are, you know, the people who she's referring to <laughs> later down the post, you know, yeah. a couple of journalists who have interviewed me and I have a friendly relationship with most of them. Like that's kind of who we're she's talking about. But at the same time, this broad brush statement, you know, like does not have a lot of nuance in terms of of what it says about, you know. The, the things where she says that she's, you know, there's no regard for mental health, athlete's mental health, and it feels very true whenever I take part in a press conference. Like to me, that just does not ring uh, no. uh, uh, genuine about what Naomi Osaka's press conference experience have been. And maybe and maybe there are certain things for which she feels more vulnerable or more fragile than we might understand. You know, like if it's something like, oh, you're coming up on clay, like, you, you know, haven't won the French Open yet. If she sees that as being a doubting hater, like, okay, weird, but okay. But I just think that, like, it, it, it really strikes me, like, she's not somebody who has had, who I think has gotten anything close to a raw deal a rough treatment from the media. If this had been, the person who I was thinking of, if this had been Joe Conta. Joe Conte had been the one coming out with this statement. It would have made so much more sense to me because like she actually has had a very sort of like tense, awkward, uncomfortable relationship with the British media for a long time. But Naomi's had the opposite from the international media, especially from the Japanese media. who have gone through all these lengths to, you know, take her answers in English for her Japanese language press. And most of them don't speak amazing English. And they're having to work through that in order to cover her and to tell her story to the Japanese audience. So, yeah, that's that's where I see disconnect. Did You feel similarly, or did it make more um, sense that, to you?
1: What that that's you're saying? that's pretty much what I was going to say. That like, oftentimes the uh, the most friction is is often between players and the, their um lo- uh, national press. Yeah, whether it's you know the psychodramas of Johanna Gunter's press conferences, or <laughs> as I can attest to as as a Brit, mm-hmm. and or or even you know like the 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 the, the French drama, the dramas that French players have, or, or whatever and so, fanini with you know, the italians and, or
0: whatever there's examples, exactly. yeah yeah
1: and so i don't know i've, I've found the funny enough i've w- always enjoyed like watching the end of like the interactions between osaka and and the uh, japanese press and kind of how there seems to be a mutual respect and it never veers into where <laughs> our press conferences can go sometime
0: our meaning british i hope you mean yes
1: i mean I'm sure. I'm sure you have your moments in the states. But...
0: I mean, not that, like I really do think the con the contra- the contra- versus British press That's is like a uni- is a uniquely like sort of like caustic environment. It's it's wild. I kind of like <laughs> I sort of enjoy sometimes like peeking in on those just to see what kind of like it's like watching some you know like fraught you know Scandinavian yeah. art house film just like family tension
1: throughout or so. I don't know it's it's wild. Yeah. And, and and on on the second thing, like I I also agree that she you know. If, if I was listing the players who I feel have the easiest time and the hardest time with, with press, I'd definitely say that she's right at the top of the the players who's had the easiest. And, and it's partly because, you know, when we speak with her, she's, she has generally been quite open and, you know, she she's quite, you know, she she gives good answers and she thinks yeah. about what people ask her and, and so, you know, <laughs> there's not really much else to say, you know. I, I think there is a conversation to be had about I mean, the effect of, of incessant questioning, you know, think of Dinara Safina and, and yeah. how that clearly affected her. How, I don't know, Wozniacki had spent eight years of her career, you know, being asked about being Islamist number one. And that's tough, you know, yeah. but, but it's, this it's isn't also really like, anything near to it, you know? But,
0: again, like, and this is also where I sort of blanch at this, because, like, what she's doing is tough like her chosen career of being an elite grand slam champion level athlete is going to be high pressure and it's going to be tough and it's going to involve stakes and you know as i say on abc wild world of sports you know the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat right like you have to embrace both sides of that as part of the gig that is just part of the gig and i so the this thing where she's saying you know about the mental health side like i i don't totally think that's what really is going on here because i feel like if your mental health is in a position where you're not taking where you're taking losses so badly that a couple questions about having loss are going to really set you off in some harmful way then why are you taking the quarter to grand slam and putting yourself out there on the line in that sort of arena in that battlefield if if you really are feeling that Uh, vulnerable or that fragile or that unwell or whatever. I I think that she's sort of picking and choosing which parts of it she wants to engage with and not and that's again fine. I think that there's again the menu of fines she's saying I'll take all the fines for not doing press and I wouldn't be surprised if they find some other way to you know further sanction her because of this, like, sort of, you know, first degree press conference skipping, to use, like, a legal term, you know, like, cause it's <laughs> premeditated and, like, very much a choice. It's not, like, you know, in the spur yeah. of the moment or, you know, emotional rush or whatever. Like, I, I think that part's fine. It's just the framing of it that I it just, I I don't like. And I got to say, like, I know yeah. I, I talked about uh, the, um, you know, the, the caveat at the end where I feel like I do feel like, you know, non- I don't, you can vouch for this, hopefully, like, non delusional Like, I do feel like one of the people she's talking about where she's, like, you know, some people I have a good relationship with. I have a situation sure. kind of clips of me and Naomi and Courtney and Naomi and Reem and Naomi and you and Naomi or whatever in press conferences to attest for this. But still, this, like, broad brush, like, of sort of saying that, like, the media is bad for mental health and doesn't, it doesn't, has disregard for mental health and, it's true in all the press conferences. And then, like, even she goes um, on her Instagram version and posts the video, to go with the statement in a second sort of slide of her post, of a Venus Williams interview when Venus Williams was a, a child, and, and Richard Williams steps in to, to sort of stop a, a line of a line of questioning. Like, that clip is obviously like, infamous, and it's been used in different documentaries and such, and it's gotten around. But the clip is also from, like, 30 years ago. Like, yeah. that's not... And that's and, also and, and, a and child. It's like, I don't think that's really relevant to Naomi's experience at all. I mean, that felt like a reach, that felt like a reach
1: to me. I'd, oh, I'd also say that Venus and Serena have been treated a hell of a lot differently yes. than Naomi. And, and, you know, part of why Naomi has kind of been able to, what, I mean, what they went through, I guess, is part of why she's been able to go through less, probably. You know, I, I don't think, you know, people have questioned her in that way, her her confidence or and things, things like that. You know, as I say, she's well... You know, these the, the vibe in, in the press conferences are, are generally as good as it gets, really, compared with how it can be with, with other players. And I guess I'd also add about... Um, in, in terms... You know, she mentioned that she'd seen other press conferences from other athletes and, and, and how, you know, that was part of her statement... And a lot, of, a lot of the times their, their issues are with the way kind of the media writes about them and how they perceive that, you know, media to write lies or whatever. And this isn't even kind of part of <laughs> it no. here, you know. Like, for example, an example is like Kyrie Irving, who who did who did the same thing, uh, who, who refused to speak to the media this year. And, and, and that was about how he felt they were speaking about kind of him when they weren't in the press room right so this is completely different to kind of a lot of the issues we see with athletes and press in general
0: yeah you're completely right this is not about feeling that the coverage has been unfair or the coverage has been nasty or anything it's she's just talking about the questions themselves and she has this line that she says i'm just not going to subject myself to people that doubt me like that's that's quite a statement i mean like to think that you were basically saying, I'm only going to be around people who believe in me 100% all the time. Okay, that's, again, that's the choice if you want to make that choice for, you know, and you have the money. And this other thing we should mention, this comes, the story, interestingly enough, comes on the heels of these reports that now we made like $55 million in endorsements in the last 12 months. Um, so it's interesting timing there where she does have that sort of, you know, F you money to say F you to the press conferences. <laughs> and, and 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 that makes mathematical sense to her. But it's, yeah, it's just this weird thing where she where she's we talked so much on the on the show about having learned how tough Naomi is but never underestimating her mental strength. Her sort of yeah. fortitude, you know, obviously 2018 US Open, everything that happened in that cauldron of a final, you know, winning tough then winning the US Open where she was bringing all this extra tension on herself with the masks and yet still winning in this very different environment uh, in 2020. You know, the 2 Australian Open titles you want to throw in there as well. Like we talk about all the time her being tough and and I think she has proven that and earned that sort of moniker. So then it's just, so then it's just like it rings, I guess it, I mean, she's a sensitive person and she does listen to and think about questions she gets in press at the same time. So maybe, maybe that sort of being an empath like that has made her more vulnerable to getting on sort of spirals from questions that aren't totally big upping her all the time. But still, it just seems like something that's like part of the, yeah, it just, it just seems like part of the equation. And I, I just, I just think the sort of like blanket use of the term mental health, like doesn't totally, doesn't totally fit like what I think actually she's trying to say here. I feel like she's, she's saying like, I have, I want to stop doubts about my athletic performance. I don't think that's mental health. I think that's just being an athlete,
1: honestly. And, but and I, I just don't really buy that people doubt, you know, after all we, after, I mean, as you just explained, after all we've seen, like what she's done on the court. I don't think I think there are very very few people who I don't I don't know that it just particularly in recent times who 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 deliberately are asking her a question because they think she's not going to do this and you know as we're talking saying before the air, we got on air I, I like after seeing her statement I, I went back and looked at press conferences to see if I'd missed something and yeah you know going all, all the way back to you know it's been a long time since she's had a big loss. January 2020, like, oh, you know, in a, a different world, when, when she lost to Coco Golf, I was kind of struck by how good that press conference was, and how well it went, and how, <laughs> in, in of, oftentimes with other players, it, it's not always like that, and yeah, I, I don't know, it's just, it really is hard to wrap, for me to wrap my head around that, of all people, it this is coming from Osaka, you know, if, yeah, I it, it, it honestly, is, honestly makes me yeah. wonder.
0: I mean, according to I've had this conversation on the on the show before. Like, why more players haven't done this? Like, why, like you yeah. know, Serena for let to pick a person, like certainly has the money to have done this if she wanted to spend her money in this way. And Maybe she just doesn't because um, it would cost you. You know, if you win, a, let's say you skip a whole Slam's worth of press conferences and they give you max time each, it could be one hundred forty thousand dollars. You know, to, to skip seven press conferences at a Slam, and that can that can add up. Even for a Serena. But yeah, like it's just it's it's her the the it being her does not make a lot of sense to me. But again, I go back to what I first said, my first initial reaction, doing it now, like on the heels of going one and two on clay, not a great clay run, heading into a slam you don't feel great at, sort of dreading a loss coming, that's where that's where I sort of sense it. But I think the yeah. whole thing is just sort of turned into you know Made her a much bigger storyline at this French. She was not; honestly, she was being kind of under the radar of the French Open. I feel like because she's not yeah. one of like the favorites on this surface. It would be about Barty and Schuylantek both having won their last time, you know, and being yeah. there. Those would be the sort of people who actually like you know, know and follow the sport, not just casual observers or locals, whatever people want to call them, who would who would key into those players and not so much about uh, Sabalenka if you want to throw her into, but not so much about about uh, Osaka really. But anyway, I, I'm curious, though, to sort of shift a little bit I, I feel free to jump in with other thoughts on it as well, but to why this becomes such a big story, like within, you know, minutes of, of posting this or at least hour, like she had comments on her Instagram from Nicki Minaj about like you know, supporting <laughs> her for this. El- Ellen was sending her like tweets of support for this, like... There's obviously stories about it in all sorts of major publications. You wrote two today. The New York times did one USA today, (laughs) AP, all these outlets. Laquip did several stories about the FFT reaction to it, all these sorts of stories. um, And, and just why, why does this sort of thing? And I was the example I was saying before is like, almost none of those outlets gave a shit about like who won Madrid. Right. That's not a kind of story that breaks through like who wins this master's event uh and uh or premier mandatory like sabalink and 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 some others winning that tournament like it was that's not something that the people glom onto but for some reason this like media thing or this like player opting out becomes like which is really just like a logistical choice from in the back you know the back corridors of the tournament that she decides what room she's not going to go into like yeah. why why do you think this kind of thing resonates so much? Why does this kind of story break out of tennis? And I would add to the one also um, that it reminds me of is the is when T- Serena was said to have ousted Dominic Team yeah. from his press room at the French Open a couple of years ago. That also had this kind of resonance, but the actual yeah. tennis does not usually.
1: Why is that? But I mean, I'd say in this case, it's it's because I mean, it's firstly because of Osaka's like rising profile and yeah, and the the fact that you know as we have said like over the past years, she's won a lot and she's kind of kind of gone into the i mean she's the most recent new star in tennis in a long time if you think about it given on the men's side the big three have just been yeah i think she's the first i think she's
0: the first star i think she's the first genuine superstar in tennis since andy murray
1: yeah that's right and and, yeah And, and i'd say that people react to perceived injustice so so the fact yeah. particularly as, as we, we've seen the way you know last year when you know the the NBA and and the strikes to, you know with, with the with the NBA teams and, and how she stopped the tennis world and and all of that stuff and with mm-hmm. the masks and so to see her kind of again go to a surprise uh statement and make a stand and one that seems to be you know from the outside one that kind of seems to have value you know i mean she is right we 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 have all seen athletes kind of have their issues with press and the issues with i don't know the way narratives are built the way they f- they feel kind of people you know mis- misstate what they say and so yeah when, and when they see that they they support her and and yeah and and you, and then you have Nicki Minaj and Janelle Monáe, you know. Oh, Janelle Which Monáe too. I didn't, I didn't see Janelle Monáe. That's yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: No, I, I, that's kind of the thing that, like, I think I think it's just, like, it's an easy narrative for people who are not close to, I mean, I don't think Nicki Minaj has ever been in a Dennis press conference that I've been in. Like, it's, it's uh, Drake has been, though, but not Nicki Minaj. Uh, but I do think that, yeah, this, like it's such an easy, simple narrative for people outside the sport. You know, you're sort of, you know, twitter people who are like inclined to like this you know like your your Roxanne gays or your charlotte climbers or whoever like who, yeah. who see this and be like yes you know you go girl stand up for yourself and whatever like it's easy to launch latch onto that side yeah and again like and i get that that it's like easy it's like scoring sort of points on that level but again this is where like me as someone inside the room and who knows her and who knows what the reality of this is it just, that just doesn't mesh with my what anything I would think has been Naomi Osaka's press conference experience, lived experience, yeah. like it, yeah. that's where there's a disconnect, and that's where it feels like dodgy or, to me, or just less less uh, less sturdy yeah. as a as a sort of piece. Like I, I again the sort of skipping thing. If she wants to skip, that's her prerogative. But the way she framed it, I I did not love. I did not think that and, was. And, and, I did not think that was fair to the people who I think have been very fair to her for a long time.
1: Yeah, and just to, like, take a step back, you mentioned Serena and and how, if it was her, like, I mean, there, there have been many reasons why we it would make sense if she had done that, and I think there are, you know, kind of in the piece I wrote today, like, I I, met, I mentioned, you know, different incidents. I mean, Conta was one of them where, you know, yeah. we, we see a lot in these press conferences, a lot happens in these things, and, you know, <laughs> the, the, let's be honest, there's a lot of, like, there are in- instances where players are probably, you know, are asked unfair questions, or you know, are, are pissed off, and you know, and where if they had decided that "fuck you," I'm I'm, I'm not gonna do, yeah, I'm not gonna do a press conference for at Wimbledon or for the next what whatever amount of time, it kind of makes sense. But this is, you know, it's it's not just that. Oh, we're sho- we're shocked that this this has happened with Osaka, it just doesn't really, It's just. it just feels very left field to me. And,
0: and... One, one thing I think, there was a good Twitter thread about this, I thought, from uh, Howard Bryant, I don't know if you saw this one, who was talking about sort of the shifts in media, and, and he's doing a little bit of history stuff, like why athletes started doing, you know, post-game, post-match interviews in the first place, it was about, you know, basically promoting the sport, and, and that people were... Yeah. Uh, newspapers were covering it. It was giving good promotion to the to the product of of the sports as they were sort of growing in professional sports, um, and obviously we see like Billie Jean King, you know, who's who's talked a lot about uh, how hard the early women's tennis yeah. had to work in order to get press coverage. They would go to newspaper offices themselves. They would stand on street corners. They would teach, you know, sometimes like the fashion reporter who was like the one woman in the office who got sent yeah. to cover tennis. They would like sit down before their like semifinal match and teach her the scoring system of tennis if she had any idea what was going on during the match. Like those are the sort of like, that's the sort of hustle there was. And in this recent age, not only do people take that more for granted, I think there's also this increasing shift towards uh, being in control of, of your narrative and your quotes. And this is obviously like the most extreme public example of this is like Beyonce who has not done a a sort of proper interview, you know, where she sits down with a person who's from an independent organization or, or company or whatever, and answers questions that are, you know, not pre-scripted um, he hasn't yeah. done that in, in like a decade or so probably roughly um, maybe not that quite that long but um, but a, lo- a lot of years like, it's been a conscious choice like I don't need this anymore I want to control my own narrative and completely do this and we see Naomi is having a documentary that's coming out about her which I think she's involved in the production of as well so that's gonna be yeah. fully a Naomi by Naomi production largely and that's sort of you know as journalists it's easy to see that as, as propaganda but also maybe that's what people, people want. I mean, like I've watched some of those, like of of those, you know, sort of celebrity kind of vanity documentaries before, and they're not all bad. And they do have interesting sort of raw moments in them sometimes, but they're also like an incomplete picture. But if that's what people want, like if that's, if that's what, you know, the world wants less uh, independent views on things or, or more sort of, yeah, sort of, controlled uh, propaganda pieces if that's what the appetite is, is pointing towards then maybe naomi's onto something here and, and maybe other players will follow suit but i'm curious i guess uh, you feel free to answer that first and then but I'm, i want to put one more idea like what do you think other players are going to think
1: yeah so uh, just quite the first points yeah. you're making i mean sorry the, i was curious you know one of the interesting things about this as well is that i mean i'd be curious for just you kind of mentioned it earlier but the kind of the value of press conferences in general and how you know in in many cases it's it is just players who very understandably don't really want to say much and give minimal and i guess as as i've said osaka was different in a way and she she did give a lot of you know insight and and it kind of, and, and to her benefit as well because you know it's it's one thing kind of putting out content by yourself but see but people whether it is on ESPN when they show the press conferences or if you search for it on YouTube when when she would you know her responding to questions you know that she didn't she didn't know uh, necessarily know were coming and to, to see kind of how she reacted and and things like that, that I think that has been kind of part of people seeing her personality and how she, re- both in terms of, like, the quirky aspect and also how she reacts, you know, when in tough situations and, and her mentality, and, th- and that's been really interesting and to her, her benefit. And so <laughs> and so, that, I guess that's just another
0: kind yeah, of... Yeah, no, I to sort of pause of, on that, and then we'll get to the other players part later because that was a separate thing. But, like, and again, there's a lot of different threads you can go off with uh, yeah. like this. But for, yeah, for her, again, like, this really did sort of make her uh, sort of, you know indie darling like you know we talked about this on ncr before like courtney was at her first wta post-match press conference was in stanford after she beat samantha stoser there in 2014 we played the audio from that that week on uh on ncr because courtney thought that she was you know amazing and so quirky and different and and just like a total breath of fresh air um as a person and she stayed that way and and i wrote my you know first new york times profile of her before she was in the top 100 you know like there was always this sort of outsized interest in her that I think did help build up her profile and did help make her into sort of the figure that she's become. And also got a lot of fans. There are tons of fans who, you know, watch or make their own, you know, compilations of Naomi's you know best press conference moments. Like it's been, it's been a real part of her, of her profile building. Uh, Again, fairly uniquely, I can't think of that many other players who are like where it's that of the big players where it's like so much a part of sort of like their, their appeal or their like package but like i feel like with naomi it has been and maybe and yeah maybe she feels like she was given all that away for for free uh and wants to just focus on her own documentary series uh that she's getting paid for i don't know
1: yeah. but and, and it's and a calculation I do, of some I, I, yeah I, I do i would say that just that that aspect of it of, of taking control that doesn't make you know that does make sense you know yeah. given kind of her stature and and watched how many people are kind of following her and on her social media. Yeah. So, so. It,
0: it also kind of goes to this like growing disconnect between like the stars and the rank and file of the tour. Like, cause Naomi like plays a pretty light schedule. She's not there, you know, at pretty much any non-mandatories or non, you know, premier fives, or whatever this year. Um, And, but she's this huge outside star who's making, who's becoming a much bigger profile for herself. And it's just a question of, How much from the sports side, it's a question of how much that sort of rising tide of her will lift everyone or if it's just sort of her, you know, building something that's more exclusively self-benefiting. Yeah, Um, I think it's an interesting sort of question. And that's something that goes with, you know, Federer and Serena and uh, whoever else you want to say, who's been like more exclusively focusing on the slams than actually being sort of a a touring member of the ensemble of this theater company. It's an interesting sort of question too, and that gets me to the question I guess that I want I started to ask before. What do you think other players will? We'll find out tomorrow during media day. But what do you think other players are going to make of, of Osaka's choice here, and the way she is putting it?
1: I honestly I don't know because I, I know that she's certainly not the only player who who doesn't like media. Who if they had a choice, they they wouldn't. We would not see them. And um, but. So I mean I don't I actually I don't I don't know how players would react. I, I think they'd certainly want to not have these obligations, but also I don't know. Um, I don't know. What What do you think? I, I genuinely I I'm I am not sure. I, I don't know
0: react. I don't know the answer to that either. It's just one of those things where I will be asking people genuinely to get their you know their cause I genuinely want to know. Like I'm curious what someone like a Federer would say to this, you know, Federer who comes into like, you know, press after having two championship points in the Wimbledon final and still comes in and, you know, faces the sort of press and, and tells outside of it, even though it's not fun. And that was obviously a devastating loss for him. You know, will, will he have less sympathy? Well, it, it's kind of an interesting sort of thing. Again, if you buy the framing that like media is press conferences are corrosive to mental health, which I'm not sure everyone will, first of all, but if you buy that theory then are you saying, oh, the lesser to do them, the better, or it's just something everyone's got to do, you know, suck it up. Like it's sort of a, yeah. it almost reminds me of the conversation with like Prince Harry or something where it's like, you know, how much do you want to stay in this institution? That's and I, I mean, this is a terrible comparison. I don't they their analysis at all <laughs> as, I, as I make it, but you know, like, do you want to pass on your negative experiences to the next generation just because c- it's what you do? Or do you want to try to break free? of that system i also think uh, to pivot again like i also think it's i'm curious how and when she's going to come back to press conferences right is this just a one tournament thing yeah. is yeah. it going to be permanent because it's it sort of it's sort mean, of, it just changes the tenor of things for her in an in interesting
1: way i mean have you read the um the email yeah because that's so good
0: oh yes it's i've heard email. that on the, on the show here but the email that she got from that, that uh that john worth i'm sure that was from naomi osaka to the fft let me pull this up real quick she says uh she wanted to elaborate and she says in this email to Guy Forger and uh Gilles uh French guy whose name escapes me at the moment sorry uh this is 100% nothing against the French Open or even the press members themselves this this stance is against the system requiring athletes to be forced to do press on occasions when they are suffering from mental health I believe it is I believe it is archaic and in need of reform after this tournament, I want to work with the tours and the governing bodies to figure out how a best compromise to change the system. And again, like the archaic reform, maybe that's what got me thinking. <laughs> she said, unfortunately unfortunately for Roland Garros, this has happened during your tournament, which is just pure coincidence and nothing personal. I have nothing but respect for your event. I'm going to focus on tennis now, but she sure has questions. Please direct all communication to my agent. Yeah, so yeah. what do you make of, of, of that, of her sort of... Again, it, it's, just, it's just like, it strikes me as very sudden that she... This, again, a yeah. system which which she has had no visible problems with and really thrived in and benefited from her building her profile. That she's suddenly so against it. I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe the hairy comparison and, and... makes sense.
1: <laughs> but and, and as I said, like I just I'm trying to search for a trigger. Like you know, and then you look back the the last tournament. She didn't even you know. As I said before, she didn't have press conference. And I mean, I'm sure like in in 2019, I'm sure that that was kind of tough for her after she won the Australian Open and then she split with um, Sasha Bayan and blah 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 but that's just kind of, you know that's how it goes.
0: Isn't know? it, supp- this is the question though, like I feel like, again I feel like I'm sort of, you know out here being an old crouchy person calling people snowflakes but like isn't it supposed to be tough? <laughs> like you're putting yourself on yeah. the line for this like huge amount of like you know glory potentially for winning the US Open or the Australian Open or Grand Slams or becoming number one or whatever else and Yes, the 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 flip side of that is if you fall short of that, it could be, you know, uh, disappointing and, and and stressful and 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 sad and upsetting. Yeah. Like I think that's just part of the of the equation of sports. I don't think that you can like really cuz really it's like she's talking about the the again, like I said ABC wide world of sports, like the agony of defeat part being too much. That's what she's Yeah. And not like the famous clip where the the in the intro, which I'm sure you don't know, but like where the skier goes flying off the mountain like crashing. Not like physical injury or harm she's talking about. But it's about uh yeah, it's about just sort of being sad about losses. And I again she has the money to where she can make the choice that this is not worth it to her to feel have salt in her wounds about that. But I think that's really what it kinda what it seems like. Is that's what she's I don't think her point is bigger than that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so all that being said, uh, we'll look forward to seeing Naomi Osaka. And the, the kind of funny thing is she got a great draw. <laughs> like her draw yeah. is pretty cakey. She opens against Pri- uh, Patricia Maria Tig, Zig, and they could play uh, Bogdan. And then she gets her seed is like risk who hasn't won a match in a very long time. So uh, good draw for Naomi. And maybe, maybe if she's, I don't know if she like, if she wins the tournament, is she not going to do a press conference? We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll, and will a, she do on court interviews. We, we also don't know.
1: Yeah. The question, I guess, again, this is going back to something you mentioned before, but, and I, I asked already, I guess, but how would our, our for in your opinion, how would our jobs change without press conferences? How, how important is this? I, I, I feel like it's worth like talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I you mean know, that's sort of what there's. That's important. what people
0: have been saying, like reimagine the press conference, or whatever. Like, yeah. I think that if we didn't get to talk to athletes at all during after matches, we would sort of turn into, hey, I don't want to use this word derisively, but essentially kind of just like bloggers or other pundits without access, you know, where you're just sort of projecting your you know feelings or reads on things onto them. Like the reason we bring in. Nami Osaka to talk about what happened in her third round match, because she played it. She's like a huge authority on that match. And if we consider her third round match to be an important event worth caring about or worth covering or worth watching, then yes, we wouldn't want to get informed about that by someone who was actually out there and could tell us, Oh, you know, actually the reason why I lost those four games in a row is because, you know, I sprained my toe or whatever, you know, like there's, there's, that's why we, that's why we have the athletes come in after the match instead of before it, you know, so they can explain what we, what we saw. Yeah. And so actually, if you ever watch exhibition, if you ever go like cover an exhibition match for tennis, the press is always before the match, but in in real tournaments it's, it's after. So, yeah. yeah, So yeah, I, I think that's just what it is. It would make it, it helps to be illuminated to get things right. And again, that's where this is, is, is different too. I think you're right to point that out with like Kyrie Irving, I think you said where it's, not about you know she's her she's feeling like she's being misunderstood or getting yeah. unfair coverage it's purely that she doesn't like having to hear a question that's different yes. that's different that's that's yeah. new that's new anyway yeah. let's cut this off here to uh okay to uh i was gonna say preserve our mental health glibly timani thank you very much for for being on here the weird weird story annoying sort of story um but definitely the story of, of the week so far and hopefully we'll have you on during the uh the french open you're covering it from uh from home
1: yep as as is normal yep.
0: as am i yeah are you gonna be on site yep. for wimbledon do you think
1: yeah yeah okay yeah. i'll be on side for wimbledon
0: okay so. cool all right
1: we'll see okay. you then
0: and in the meantime thank you follow along timani uh on twitter uh link in the bio and uh, read his stuff at the Guardian. It's got a lovely turtle neck over there. It's really just worth checking out for that. <laughs> thank you to our Patreon backers, uh, including our new backers since our last episode. I believe Jeff Augustin. So no, thank you to Jeff and our Slam Champ backers. We thank every episode: Susanna W, Sean Mulroy, Mary Carillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Jean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Wellens, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, and Timothy Liu. And our GOAT backers, Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J.O.D. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you later. Sayonara. Bye. Bye. Oh, that, sayonara reminds me. One thing I'm going to add one posted on the whole topic, which just still has me going, I feel really bad for the Japanese press who flew all the way to Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to do this and yeah. to cover Osaka, to be sort of have the door slammed on them like this. Um, I think that sucks yeah. for them, and I think they've been great for her, great, great, great with yeah. her, great to her. Yeah, and, I, yeah. yeah. I feel again. I, yeah. We see this. It's hard enough to take this personally on some of those because this is our jobs, you know. And so, and and knowing people who have waking up at all odd hours to cover remotely, or traveling all around the world from Japan. Not a lot of tournaments close to Japan. um You know, yeah, I, I feel for the, for those people because I think they're some of the best, one of the best press yeah. corps there is, the Japanese corps. Yeah. So.
1: And- and and as as you as you kind of you mentioned earlier, it, there's it's not easy, right? The the kind of the cultural difference, like we, we saw it kind of when she first came on the tour. There's, yeah. there's a big cultural difference there that they've obviously had to listen to her in English and and try to understand her jokes and and little yeah. things like that. So yeah. it's Anyway. Not, not, it's not it's not ideal for them. But
0: no, none of this yeah. is ideal. All right, thanks, folks. Bye. Bye.